called my parents and said, your daughter's on drugs. So I got off the painkillers, but then half a year later, got back on drugs three times as heavy. And this time that's when I overdosed. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Anlay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Now, lately, we've been talking about the life of call girls or prostitutes who choose that lifestyle because they were introduced to that. Now, listener discretion is advised as some of the contents are intended for mature audiences only. Some women choose this lifestyle of stripping or prostitution because of the lure of money behind it. Not all, but there are some. And in our last show, we heard from Annie Lobert, who shared how she grew up in an abusive household, and on top of that, was sexually molested for two years when she was only eight years old by a neighbor. She talked about how she was really looking for love, but was hurt by many men, and started having a hardened heart towards them, and started trying to use them instead. Later on in life, she went to a ladies' night at a club with her friend. They met these two rich and seemingly successful guys. They got into a relationship with these guys, and lo and behold, they turned out to be pimps. She started learning through them how to be a call girl, and at first, she was keeping all the money. She decided that this is what she wanted to do in her life because of how much money she was making. But then it got bad one night when the guy beat her down and took all of her money and usurped himself into being her pimp. She described the verbal, emotional, and psychological abuse that was being used to keep her doing what she was doing, and today she's going to continue to tell us her story. Annie, welcome back to the show. I am so honored to be here, and I'm excited to share the rest. Yes, Annie, I am excited to hear what happens, because I know that there's a total 180-degree turn that happens somewhere here. So, let's pick up where we last left off. When he became your pimp, You were very depressed and pretty much you lost your identity in this guy, right? I did. You know, when you don't know who you are in the first place, it's very easy to lose the thought that you thought you knew who you were. So it was like whatever identity I lost that I never had, I was trying to find it. (laughs) Right. You know, you try to do this with material things. You try to fill it with cars and education and knowledge and beauty things and relationships. And we're chasing the wind. I mean, seriously, that's all we're doing is chasing the wind. And that's what I was doing. And even though I had left my first pimp, then I got with another guy that was just as abusive. My heart was still broken. And then I got with the trick that I fell in love with for eight years. That didn't fill the hole. So now now you have almost 18 years. Wait, hold on there. Just to clarify for our audience, what is a trick? A trick is a John. He's a Mark, a John trick, a client, someone that buys someone for their personal time, relationship, or pleasure, sexual pleasure. So a sugar daddy, basically. And I mean, I fell in love with him. He said, let me take you out of the business. He taught me corporate business. I will never forget this. He taught me how to run a business and how to be a firm manager, operations manager, employee, all that. He taught me how to run a whole office. And so I learned a lot, but at the same time, I learned how to stay in a place, even though I was working, it's called in the game, a square job. 
I still was manipulating behind the scenes car accounts. We had a car business. If a manager of a car business wasn't willing to give us a good deal, let's say a fleet of 20 cars per month for us to repair for them, I would just say, hey, dude, let's go in the back and let's really figure this out. And then I would just turn a trick. And my partner at the time didn't know I was doing it. Oh, wow. And so I was just taking it to the next level. Like, okay, give me your fleet of 300 cars every six months, and I'll make sure that you're taken care of by me. And that's what I was doing to get some of our accounts. And of course, we were making a lot of money. But at the same time, here I am compromising myself. I started doing drugs eventually because I felt guilty popping painkillers. And just we lost our business eventually because we had a bad partnership with this company we were working for. And so I ended up falling completely. He's going out of town. I'm back on the strip turning tricks. I'm doing drugs. And then that day came that he found out what I was doing. He confronted me. I got off drugs for a little bit. He called my parents and said, your daughter's on drugs. And I was devastated. So I got off the painkillers. But then about half a year later, got back on drugs three times as heavy. And this time that's when I overdosed. And it was about eight months of pure, I was high almost every day. Those eight months, I didn't stop. Like maybe to sleep for 24 hours, but I was staying up a week, two weeks at a time, smoking cocaine at this point. I was on the floor smoking things that were on the, I was crazy. I was a nutcase in my mind. Like I didn't even know who I was. And I was 90 some pounds. I had gone down to nothing And that night that I overdosed on August 2nd was like the best day of my life because that's the day that Jesus became absolutely real to me. And I never will forget that day because I laid in that hospital bed and I just felt this peace that just came over me. And I really meant it. When I surrendered that day, it was like, I'm done, God. I'm done playing games. I'm done crying wolf. I'm done pretending. Devil, you're done. And that day is the day I got free. And I'm going to tell you something. In my spirit, I knew my soul was saved. And I knew that I knew that I would never go back. God is in me so strong right now. The Holy Spirit lives in me. And I never went back to prostitution. I never went back to drug addiction. Oh my gosh, Annie, praise God. He truly is so amazing that he saved you when you nearly died from this pure hell of a lifestyle. I mean, like you were living like it just felt so bad. Now, I understand you gave your life to Jesus when you're only five years old. But all the trauma you went through made that faith pretty dormant. And I love how in this moment, you're turning to God. And some could wonder though, how did this happen? Like, how did this happen for you? You know, as a little girl surrenders, how does she know? You might not know that you know. Okay. So for me, I battled because there was so much complex trauma being developed inside of all of us kids and myself in our family dynamic relationship with my mother. My poor mother went through trauma, serious trauma with my father. So I messed up. But at the same time, I always in the back of my mind, in the back of my heart, I could hear God's voice at different intervals in my life. You know, when I heard a voice say, leave, when I saw a trick that was almost going to try to kill me, like he was choking me out and everything like that and trying to, you know, obviously I'm going to run, but I heard warnings. And if I would have listened, you know, I could have had a different time, different experience. Had I listened to God's voice, God was speaking to me. Was I listening? I listened only when it was absolutely necessary. Right. Mm, wow. That's why the very last time I said, God, I'm done playing the game of wolf, God, oh, the wolf's here again. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I get it. Like, you know, I'll just do whatever I want. And then when really dangerous stuff happens, help me God, you know? Yes. And I think a lot of people can identify with that. But during the darkest time of your life, you surrendered wholly to God. You literally gave your life to Him and you repented of your ways and you cried out to Him with everything you had. 
Now, it sounds like you encountered the love of God right there in the midst of your darkness. Annie, what would you say to the person who feels like they're in darkness and they feel that God couldn't possibly love them? What would you say to them? You know, that is a lie of the devil and that is not God's voice. You know, Jesus said that my sheep will hear my voice. Now, if we feel unlovable, that doesn't mean we're unlovable. That is a feeling. And John the Baptist came and he said Jesus was going to make our paths straight. Okay. And I truly believe part of that meaning for that is, is that he is going to bring us confidence in God. He is going to bring us stability. He is going to make everything crooked and everything that's up and down. He's going to level it out for us. So our emotions no longer rule us. Okay. So I don't know who's feeling like that right now, but let me tell you that sometimes the enemy, a lot of the times actually will speak to you and even use your own voice to think it's you. And you have to discern between good and evil. The first way to start that is get a Bible, open it up, get on your knees and pray. And God will come into your life. You ask for Jesus to save you. He is going to save you. And I'm going to tell you something. He is real because if he could do it for me, he could do it for you. Did you hear that? If God can do it for her, he can do it for you. That is the word. God can set you free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Annie, I can literally feel that life emanating from you. And through this newfound power in Christ, you have an amazing ministry. I think it's called Hookers for Jesus and Destiny House, where you literally help people to get out of the sex industry and discover Jesus as their Lord. Yeah, Hookers for Jesus. <laughs> and Destiny House. Annie, I love it. Thank you so much for being with us on the show. Your testimony is amazing. You're welcome. You too. Hang on tight. I'm going to share some insights with you right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? Honestly, it's amazing to hear about someone who was a prostitute, tried to get out of it in her own strength, you know, by selling stuff, but couldn't all by herself. But then when she came to the end of her rope, Jesus came into her life when she asked him to, and she truly repented of her sins and was this time able to walk out of it. And you know what? When Jesus looks at Annie Lobert, he doesn't see a prostitute. You know why? According to ancient scriptures, something can happen when you repent of your sins and come to Jesus. It's written in Acts 3.19. Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You see, when you turn to Jesus and repent from your sins, your sins will be blotted out. 
That means that God wiped away Annie's past life. And the same can happen to you right now. If you know that you're living a life of sin and you're ready to call upon the name of the Lord for forgiveness, if you repent and turn to Him, He will blot out your sins as if they weren't there. He will just completely wipe them away. He will no longer see you as that person of your past, but He will see you as a child of God. You know, if God can do it for any, I'm telling you, for someone who's listening out there, God can do it for you. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is right here and right now. And I just sense that you are sensing the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I'm sensing it. I'm sensing that the Lord is doing something in your life right now and saying, come to me. I can change it. So Father God, for that person who's saying, yes, Lord, that's me. We take a moment to come to you, Lord. We come to you boldly, Lord God, knowing that we can't do it. We're not good enough. We need you, Lord Jesus. So we repent of our sins. We turn away from our sins and we turn instead to you. Fill us with your power for freedom from our past and give us a new future. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.